Hey, what's going on, Butlicks? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. I'm here at Healthy Balance Chiropractic, and I have about an hour and and 15 minutes until the next patient comes in. Kind of a slow Thursday, first week back in the new year. As I look around, there's a million things that I'm trying to do, get done, and thinking about, just pondering how can I be better? Better in business, help people more effectively, zhuzh up the office here. With the spring coming, I want to plant some flowers out there. I want to get my mandevillas climbing. I got a new chiropractic table coming in. I got new cushions on the old one. I want to do some painting. I want to do some paperwork. Got a new computer I'm staring into. Help me and my staff manage things a little bit better. Just clean everything up and square everything away and be better, you know? God, I love my job. I don't know if I told you guys that. I really do. I love taking care of people. I'm like a body mechanic, you know? Make sure everything's all balanced out. You got some pain, I'll remove it. Make you feel looser, make you feel stronger, more energetic limber taking care of yourself it's like going to the gym it's like stretching get a nice adjustment put everything where it needs to be remove some of your stresses it's fucking it's a good stuff and i love it so but it's nice to be here when it's not so busy you know it is quite it is quite busy here most most often and i look around in all the, uh, you know, the busyness, and I, I ponder little things that I'd like to do, but then I'm off to the next patient, or going home for lunch, coming back, you, you name it, you know what I mean, it's like, I work here, so it's like, don't always have time to sit here, anyway, I'm going to knock out a quick podcast, so I hope you guys are doing good uh, in the new year, um, it's one of the first times that I'm podcasting sitting in you know in a in a building or you know without I'm usually driving you know you can hear the rumble of my 5.7 liter black betty taken off from stoplights the occasional disparaging of a of another driver does something stupid tell them to fuck off or whatever so we'll see how this goes but I'm here and I got some notes even written down try to organize my thoughts so Let's see what we got. Now, I'll tell you what. I got a, I got a friend. She just had twins. Uh, they are Juan and Amal. Cute as buttons. She carries around a picture of them both in the same photo. Because if you've seen Juan, you've seen them all. <laughs> I got this other guy came in the other day. He said the only thing that helps him is if he sleeps on a stack of magazines, I said, you must have back issues. Get it? Older editions of the magazine. Yeah, that's what I got. Cut those loose on people yesterday. You know, something went on in here. I'll tell you right now. Mary fucking Book. Mary Book needs a 911 appointment today. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
just respond to her. Two PM. There goes that time. Let's see is what I'm talking about. Your time will be uh, eliminated. If you're not careful, it will be swallowed up. But happy to help my friend Mary Book. <sighs> Haven't seen her in a while. So I'll see her at 2 p.m. It's nice to be able to multitask though here, scheduling some patients and knocking out a podcast. So where was I at there? Telling a couple little friggin' jokes, wishing everybody well for the uh, the new year. So, you know, the usual subjects are still fair, fair game, fair play. Okay. We got the friggin' COVID cooties. Circulating to percolate the, the, the rates of infection and the people that I know that are popping positive and, um, you know, being quarantined very high. Very high. Seems like everybody's got it, or everybody's gonna get it. I'm still dodging it. I've been testing regularly. And just kind of doing all the right things, just like I have been. That's all we can do, right? Do the right things. So, I had a good friend contact me the other day. Let me back up. I posted, I was going to knock out this podcast the other day. I was kind of angry. I was railing after, you know, I heard that there are some prominent podcasters who were having these, like, kind of like anti-vax doctors on and sharing misinformation and just confusing things. You know, this has been such a goat fuck, right? It's such a pain in the ass every day. It seems like information is so abstract. It's so elusive. Good information. You know, here's the your average citizen just wants to do the right thing to protect themselves, their family, the ones that they love. They might, they might even think about society as well. And a joint sacrifice that, you know, that we have, sacrifices we have made, Early on the pandemic, and still to a degree, still talking about fucking masks, still talking about, you know, how easy the, the different variants and how their names and how they are transmitted and who's got it and so on and so forth. On the news, they'll talk about which celebrity is out, which athlete is out this week in COVID protocols or prominent uh, actors and actresses that have COVID. We have to share that, you know. And it's pretty ridiculous. But everybody's interested in that. You know, what? What's, in, what's interesting to me is that a year ago, if you heard somebody, an acquaintance, a co-worker, whatever, contracted COVID, you looked at them almost askew. You looked at them 
as if they were dirty, irresponsible. And I used to say, this is not like an STD. It's not like you're ha having unprotected sex. This is an airborne virus. You could be fucking going to work, going to school, going to, to the gym, walking around, shopping, doing any number of things that regular Americans do still. They might not be going out to eat or whatever, but I'm saying you could catch your shit anywhere. And so, with the rates being sky high right now, it's comforting in a way because it shares the burden. It shows everybody that they're not, they're not untouchable. Anybody could contract this. And my daughter's been scared about this whole thing. She, she and my wife wear masks religiously, and they do all this cheer stuff, and they have to, you know, it's not about just staying healthy. It's about also being able to participate in these competitions. This weekend, they're going down to Atlantic City. And so they, everybody needs to stay healthy and uninfected and unquarantined so that they can actually have a team to compete with. Same shit with the, the NFL, right? Or whatever sport. You know, such and such is out. Can't play. Such and such is, is in COVID protocols. So, Odell Beckham Jr., Joe Mixon can't play this, this week. Fuck. What a bummer, you know? It's, it's distracting. It's a pain in the fucking ass. People are tired of it. I'm tired of it. Every day and every week I hear about people who are newly infected. And I'll see you in a, used to be two weeks. Now it's five days. And a constant change of information coming in that we're trying to process, trying to understand. And are just hopeful that we can get through the day without any major drama about this shit. Because isn't life dramatic enough, right? So I was, last week I, I did this podcast and I was pissed and I was yelling at, not yelling, but I was upset with the likes of Joe Rogan, who I normally enjoy. I really enjoy Joe Rogan. Learned a lot on his podcast. I love his guests. Some are better than others, but that's just the way it goes, a mixed bag. But he had a couple doctors on recently who were uh, kind of saying some controversial things. Controversial in that they refuted the take of the Center for Disease Control and the FDA and the World Health Organization. These are organizations whose job it is to crunch the numbers on all this and make decisions on the behalf of all of us. So that we can turn to these organizations and get credible information and sound advice. Rogan's on there and he's got doctors who are saying, you know, that, you know, saying various things. And I was perturbed and I was talking about that. How irresponsible I think it is. You might have a, gi a giant platform with millions, hundreds of millions of listeners and you get some of these controversial characters on there, they, yeah, they deserve an opportunity, maybe, 
to speak their piece and to express themselves. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression, right? But they get to yell pretty loud if they get on the Joe Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan Experience. And then there's a bunch of folks out there who are not necessarily correctly informed on these issues. And they're ascribing to conspiracy theories and just believing shit and questioning things that they should have confidence in, you know? So I did this podcast and I didn't share it. I didn't publish it. I try not to be too angry on these. But um, I had a friend who told me at the beginning of this week. Again, I didn't share that podcast. But my friend contacted me and said, Hey, yeah, you know, uh, let me know what you think about this. And hey, you got to check out these podcasts. Joe Rogan, he's got this doctor, that doctor, the other one. And they're saying some things. And I said, isn't it crazy that we... You know, we have to choose, we have to really, you know, is it crazy, isn't it, um, to say something about society today that we have to determine who's accurate, Joe Rogan's podcast or the CDC? And he said, well, after listening to these podcasts, you might conclude Joe Rogan. And so... I read some of the transcripts transcripts about the various uh, from the various doctors that Rogan had on there, and you know they're saying some things, saying things about the vaccine and was a, the emphasis from the get go was all about prevention and not treatment, and they need to come up with some uh, treatments that are more effective. And they're saying that uh, chloroquinone and Ivermectin, talking about their place at the table. And I had read everything that I've read from credible sources. I mean, the CDC, uh, the FDA, suggests that these medications were found not to be effective. They're good for for, um, parasitic infections, and they're used throughout the world, the third world in particular, where clean drinking water and potable, potable water and fucking and flush toilets aren't ubiquitous, and people live closer together with livestock and shit. Yeah, they use these, they employ these medicines there, particularly ivermectin. That's why they call it a horse dewormer because it has an application in agriculture, livestock, but humans aren't at least in the Western world, are not so commonly encountering these critters. But they did studies on ivermectin and found that it is not, in fact, effective against COVID. The chloroquinone Trump was talking about early on, same thing. They found that it was not effective. So is that the truth? I feel like we need some high-level pharmacists or you know, doctors of pharmacy, like the best of the best, who you know, we've been told is Anthony Fauci. Get these people, just like you'd have a, a, a presidential debate, get all the public health motherfuckers in there, put it on uh, all the scientists that have an opinion and have 
expertise here. Put them in a uh, an amphitheater and have a debate. Pull up your evidence, pull up your PowerPoint, and then there needs to be conclusion come to and some mathematics done to crunch the numbers definitively and the statistics and all that shit that most people have no fucking idea about. And then a panel needs to determine the consensus. Because we need to... My, my frustration in that podcast was that we need to turn to science. We need some sensible method to boil things down and determine really what the fucking situation is. Like, it should not be... Left. Podcasters should not be teaching us things. Should not be telling us things and planting seeds that are going to be... Could be disinformation. So I listened to some of those podcasts, and I also came across this guy who's said to be a PhD, he's got a big afro, of course he's got to have something about him that the people are going to discredit him about, but he seemed very calculated, very even-keeled, and he's a PhD, and he was breaking down these the uh, Rogan guests, uh, basically tearing apart many of the things that he had said about these medications and the the vaccines and you know just quoting bad science and either being ignorant to things or perhaps outright lying in some sort of partisanship effort i don't know but there's somebody that's disagreeing with this guy so it's great to have high profile guests on that are compelling and they might have information that, that we might find useful I'm not saying the Rogan guests are completely wrong or completely right, but it saddens me that we have organizations that we we are supposed to be able to turn to in this nation, in this world, like the World Health Organization, you know, like the Center for Disease Control, who understand these things intimately. They work in this area and they should be able to put politics aside and help us navigate our fucking way out of this you know another one of these things what that was mentioned something simple was take betadine betadine solution which is like an active ingredient i believe is uh, iodine and they do make a mouthwash but basically this is what you put on your cuts if you get to skin your your knee or whatever fall down get a bump or bruise you put this on there and it's like a disinfectant well, one of these doctors said something like, you take this and you, you gargle it and you also do a little nose wash or something. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool little thing. You know, if you, somebody mentioned something like this and it's actually useful, like after you've been in an area, let's say you go out in a public or go to a, an event or something, or you come home, you could do something like this. If there was a way that you could clean out your airways your orifices, your nostrils, and your your mouth so that you can try to clean your respiratory system out, um, your oro and nasopharynx ease. Those are the airways that are going to lead to down to your trachea and into your lungs, right? So if you could somehow do something, gargle, fucking swab your nostrils out with a Q-tip with some iodine on it. That sounds like a great thing. People would do that. 
after they went to a football game or an event or something, and who knows? If it worked, then it'd be great. It'd be worth it, right? Well, you go on Betadine, Betadine's uh, website, and there's questions right there, Q&As. Does this cure COVID? Is this going to, uh, should this be something that I should gargle or I should, you know, put it in my nose? And they say, no, no, no. There's no evidence that any of this stuff works. This is for minor bumps and bruises, disinfecting those areas. It's not, we don't recommend it for these, this use. It doesn't work. <laughs> so I don't, shit like that. Shit that should be like that simple. Here's the company that makes the product that I'm sure would love to, to have its products fly off the shelves, which probably are anyway. But they bear responsibility to be honest and truthful and science evidence-based about their product, right? Because if people start chugging betadine and they start dying, in fact, it did say that you know you can have some significant complications if you fuck with this stuff. So you don't want to do that. So what's up with that? What is up with these crazy times where the the truth it seems so it seems so elusive? It's fucking terrible, man. So I came across this video uh, that I will share on Facebook later. I've watched it about three times now. So the video is is called "Why Facebook is More Powerful Than Cultures, Markets." and governments. All right, it's on YouTube. It features Daniel Schmacht. It's from the Center for Humane Technology. And it's called Why Facebook is More Powerful Than Cultures, Markets, and Governments. It features Daniel Schmachtenberger and Tristan Harris. Now, Tristan Harris... Who the fuck is he? So, he's an American technology ethicist. He's the president and co-founder of the Center for Humane Technology. Um, he worked on a fucking, um, or was a main speaker. Let's see. Tristan Harris, Wikipedia. Raised in San Francisco, computer science at Stanford, interning at Apple, master's degree in Stanford. Stanford. Um, movie. Let's see. Documentary. Social media. He says that social media has destroyed our common ground. The social dilemma. Okay, so I believe he was featured on the, uh, yeah, he was. He was um, featured on the movie 2020's The Social Dilemma, how social media has destroyed our common ground. Look, if you think about it for a moment, social media is tremendous. And we all kind of just like um, reflexively say, oh, it's really a problem. Uh, People, it's so aggressive on there, especially when people start talking about politics or religion or controversial issues, anything. You know, that's happening socially in society. Somebody's got an opinion that comes from one point of view and another will have a diametrically opposed point of view. Maybe that's just human nature, that we are argumentative like that. I I have to feel 
like while it's useful to to get wrap our brains around issues and discuss them and you can learn sometimes from somebody else's point of view i have to believe that it, there's part of a human being that likes to argue and likes to just be be right you know likes to win so that's natural but the way that these social media platforms such as facebook you know twitter um, youtube most more recently um, TikTok and Instagram right the interactions that are on there are wonderful you can have some great interactions you can keep up with old friends you can run your business on there or market extensively it's really good at marketing things products services and ideas you can get on there and they they you know they travel very very quickly you can communicate with somebody across the globe right now and weigh in on conversations. There's all these viral videos and viral conversations and you know memes and such that are shared. And they kind of tickle our brains and they make us feel a certain way. They make you want to buy that product. They make you more to make you want to buy that service, ascribe to it, and make you want to watch more of those cat videos and the you know fails and the checking out the Instagram girls with their you know um, there's all kinds of software that allows you to tweak the way you look put a tan on you make your lips fuller mess with your your cheekbones and, and your, all that stuff your makeup we've all seen those filters right so we are the information that we're putting out there is 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 dramatic. It's not always truthful. It's not always just. And now it's rather than a few people having, you know, decisions to make about what kind of information or content gets out there, it is billions of people. And billions weigh in and share things and view things and it has scrambled our fucking brains, man. So Check out this, why Facebook is more powerful in cultures, markets, and governments. Some of the things in my notes here um, talk about how social media is breaking democracy, government can't rein things in, the government used to be able to control things. Now, you need to think about it. You and I have a Facebook page, and we might have you know, 500, 1,000 um, friends. Fraction of whom we actually regularly interact with, right? Um, but everybody—it's not just citizens; it's athletes, celebrities, politicians—and they're on there. And in order to stay relevant and get likes and follows uh, and clout, they say what they want to say. They're not so, like I said before, not always truthful. Your face is not always your face. You can put some fucking makeup on, make your lips look fuller, make yourself look thinner. Who knows where that technology is going? You can also say things that you you want to get like you want to get a response. So if I'm a new politician and I have an idea about something or an opinion on something, I come out and say something really controversial, and that'll get myself. I'll be in the. I'll get some news, you know. So those who are yelling the loudest are getting and and who are coming out with the zaniest, most, most outlandish. Um, points of view and talking points 
they're getting, they're the squeaky wheels and they're getting the most oil. Alright. So, he calls this, um, the free press, he said that the importance, like one thing that, one thing that really helped us culturally across history was the printing press. Because it wasn't just the monarchy that now could, could share information. The free freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and the printing press made it so that news, you know, the, that there was other people out there looking for the truth and trying to find uh, worthwhile stories and headlines and really reporting on things. Everything from the news to fucking what was going on in society, you know. So people would, I remember, even in my time, people, I was a fucking paper boy. People would open up their papers and check out the different sections and, and get up to speed on what was happening in the world. And then everything went electronic and the newspapers went away in that sense. And now when I open up my browser, I get boom, 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 you know, 25, 50 different, um, collage of, of these different articles that are scrolled through and you're like, whoa, what was that about? You know? This uh, pro tennis player is going to be thrown out of Australia because he he had a vaccine exemption and they want him out of, his, of their country. And hey, this guy over here in France is saying this and that. And you know what's happening in Ukraine today? And there's riots in Kazakhstan. And uh, this is the anniversary of the uh, January sixth uh, riot on the Capitol. And oh, it's fucking mind numbing. There's so much information coming at you. So. Part of the problem now is that when people get on there and they get polarized, so if you get a politician online and they start, maybe it's Margie Taylor Greene or Alexandria or uh, Ocasio-Cortez, they get on there, they're starting to feud about whatever, who's taller, who's shorter, who's right on an issue, this and that. And they're going back and forth and people start tuning into that. And then their ideas. On the one side, you got people who like uh, AOC, and she's for this, that, and other type of legislation. And then you got the other people who are like, oh, we hate AOC, fucking liberal. We like Marjorie Taylor Greene because she pisses people off and she's a gun advocate. And she says, you know, what's on her mind and we, we want her around. She's a devil's advocate. And we step behind these people. And we become great, more polarized until we have no free press. The information that's coming out is a constant barrage of he said, she said, a, a polarization. So social media is being weaponized. It's dumping polarization into society so that government can't rein things in. What's a government going to get on there and say, hey guys, calm down, everything's okay. Uh, I'm the president of the United States, uh, you know, the leader of the free world. Everything's going to be all right. How can he possibly have a power, more of a powerful message than the Paul brothers or the... Um, the uh, Island Boys or whatever. Or some your next celebrity, Antonio Brown. You know, these people speak Madonna. These people speak, they have power. They have a platform. And of course, the platform is not owned by them. It is owned by these big tech companies. So, you're really trying to make sense of things. 
it's fucking impossible right now if you're on social media because this is what's going on. You have 7 billion people, you know, or half of that, you know, 3 billion people who are probably on social media or have access to it. And they can share whatever they want and they can get behind whatever politician or leader or cause that they want to. And it's confusing because in one sense it would be great if everybody, for everybody to contribute. But holy shit, talking about too many chiefs, not enough Indians. We don't know which end is fucking up, man. So this really sucks dick. I encourage you to check this out. You know, I'm not saying, look, I'm on social media. I like to share my little pictures with my family or cool little quotes and memes and shit. I like to share the occasional video or picture of me wood carving or update people about my office hours or what's going on in Healthy Balance. Or We're dependent upon this technology. The problem is that it's fucking us. It is very fucking wild right now. It is the fucking wilder than the wildest west. You know? Think about that. A couple hundred years. The last 500 years, look at the technological progress. Has it been for the better? In a lot of ways, yes. But it's some re- in some real glaring ways, this is more dangerous world than it's ever been and more confused when you can go online you can create your own reality and by watching a podcast be convinced that the um, public health efforts to try to quell this infectious disease pandemic that we've been in you, you can be convinced that it was all a bunch of bullshit and we should all just it's not going to be mild anyways. Go out and get it. No worries. That it's almost, that, that I almost want to ascribe to that. That I would just, you know, I have people every day coming into this office saying, yeah, I, I just, I almost want to get it and just get it over with. You know? They're tired of this bullshit. They want to stop hearing about this crap. Anyway, that was 35 minutes talking about a video that's six minutes. But really need to look into this, man. Be aware of it. Just understand that people are crazy enough, but when you add a crazy technology like this and you monetize and incentivize people to get more likes and follows, they're going to say the most dramatic fucking things you can imagine. It's like, to me, it's, it reminds me of that, that soap opera recipe where, you know, years ago I had a girlfriend, and she liked to watch, um, she loved General Hospital, and I was like, ah, what's this bullshit, look at these assholes, what a fucking phony baloney this guy is, check out him, and ooh, I wonder what's going to happen now. Kind of mocked it up front.
before you, you know, we spent some more time together and I was watching it. Before he knew it, I knew who everybody was. Ooh, Frisco's here. I can't believe Sonny Corinthos is back. What's Scorpio doing, you know? Felicia? Oh, my God. She's my favorite. I just want her and, and Sonny to get back together. And Frisco. No, it's Felicia and Frisco. I just really need them to get back together. And it has people, you know, they're like the, you might scoff at General Hospital or One Life to Live or whatever, but have you ever watched Survivor? Have you ever watched um, Cake Boss or any reality TV show? I mean, this is, this is what we do now. It's got to be some sort of story where there's got to be drama. This person's got to be a real shitbird. How about the Jersey Shore? People love to watch other people fail. And they love to see drama and all that shit. This is the world we live in right now. And I think everybody needs to be aware of it. That it's not just human beings. We are fucking crazy enough, yes. But you add this fucking... These social media algorithms. And you realize that it's all for profit. And there's no real watchdogs. I mean, I've seen a couple... During the pandemic, I've seen some things on Facebook talking about how, you know, do fact checkers and stuff like that. It's got to be, they got to do better than that, man. They got to really come up with a credible um, strategy to, to help people sort fact from fiction. And it's almost like it's too late. It's scary. And I'm going to talk to my friend, close the business tomorrow. I've been my last patient on the on the books, I think, and we're going to talk about this. But uh, think about that. How scary is it that we've got you know such a divisive force that we're all bought into? You might take your little break from Facebook for a couple weeks or a month and think, "Oh, I was better without it. I can live without it." But all your friends are on social media, and if you need something or you know, if there's an event coming up or if you want to, you know, get an appointment with that doctor or buy this product, you're going to be exposed to this sort of technology. And it's interesting and it's useful. We just need to find, that's the big joke is that it's so fucking powerful and we're using it for nonsense, for arguing with you, with each other over ridiculousness. It's definitely whacked, whacked us out. So check out both the social dilemma and this video. Probably best to start there. Why Facebook is more powerful than cultures, markets, and governments. With my um, this guy, I really like him, Daniel Schmachtenberger. He's a fucking genius. And this guy, Tristan Harris. These are fucking thinkers, man. Now they're going to say things. I'm going to, in closing, they're going to say things, these guys. And speak in foreign technological tongues. Hold that thought. Anyway, you get my point. That was a fucking snow day cancellation for tomorrow. Oh my god. It's not me. Snow. They do seem to think that we're going to get a few inches. And unsafe conditions. They're going to fucking do nothing. I'm going to put so much salt in this fucking lot. The snow's going to melt on contact. I'm going to drive in here for my first patient at 7.30 a.m. 
There better be some motherfuckers here waiting. Huh!